You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. Hit the button, bro. All right, well, we're going to the Forging Fury. Forging Fury, Forging Fury podcast. Now we going live, baby. Hit the f-ing switch. Let's go. We're here to set some shit on fire. What's going on, sweet people? This is Coach Riley, and on today's episode of the Forging Fury podcast, alongside my friend Michael Gray, why don't you just tell him what's going on today, Michael? Well, we're on a video podcast today, and we've got a special guest host, Peter Edgett. If you've listened to his episode, I'm sure you've seen it at some point. Uh, He's the owner of uh, CrossFit Fury, and he brought a special guest to our attention, and we're going to have him join us and introduce our special guest. Why don't you go ahead, Peter? All right, so today we are joined by John McAfee, uh, early internet security pioneer, and now uh, really advocating for individual privacy and knowledge about cryptocurrency. So, John, our goal is to introduce you and your, uh, your, your privacy and cryptocurrency focus to our audience that may not know much about it. So first question is, uh, with this presidential campaign platform that you have, what's the most important message that we could help you spread? Well, I think the most important message is that I don't think it really matters who the president is. I don't think our presidents uh, and our Congress have any power whatsoever anymore, Uh, not since 1960. (laughs) And that's when I I think the last president with any power warned us as he left office uh, at risk to his life and limb, I suspect, that two things were destroying America, the CIA and the military-industrial complex. Um, Our next president. John F. Kennedy set about the task of dismantling uh, the CIA. And um, unfortunately, he had an accident before he could do that. His brother, uh, a couple of years later, campaigned on the sole basis of eliminating the CIA. Well, his brother wasn't even allowed to get voted in. He was assassinated while he was on the campaign trail. And no one's challenged him since. (laughs) Now, you think this is conspiracy theory? But please, people, look at that, will you? Are we still there? Yes, yeah, we're, we're good. Okay. Um, just look at your own experience or, or what you know of history. And let's look at the second Gulf War. Um, the CIA uh, Middle East office, which basically owns the Middle East like it owns America and Central America and everything else, uh, decided that Saddam in Iraq was getting too powerful. So they, um, they had a meeting said, uh, okay, the, if we assassinate him, someone else will replace him. Well, we'll just bomb Iraq back into the Stone Age. It'll take them 30 years to get back together. So the Ted, you and Sam, you go take care of the president, and you guys can take care of the congressman. And they have teams that go to all the congressional offices and, and get this started. I said, what do we tell them? I said, give them, don't give a flying fuck. Tell them they have nuclear weapons if you have to, but I want the bombing to start tomorrow. I'll be fucking clear. <clears throat> you went to the president's office. Mr. President, I, I regret to tell you, and please sir, sit down. This is an issue of the gravest concern. We have just discovered that Iraq has nuclear weapons and missiles capable of delivering them to our closest ally, England. And uh, Mr. President, we think with a high degree of certainty that within the next few days they will launch an attack on London, which will annihilate the city. Now, Mr. President, our job is not to advise you. Oh, no, 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 no. We're just messengers. We, uh, 
we tell you what's happening and I'm sorry this is on your shoulders, sir, and glad that it is not on mine. And all the next fucking day, we started bombing them into the Stone Age. Were there nuclear weapons? Fuck no. Everybody knew it. American people knew it. The world knew it. Everybody knew it except the president and Congress. Now, do you think there's any power to the presidency when every single major decision they make has to be based on information controlled by the CIA? parceled out by the CIA. Uh, you don't have to lie. You can take the truth and package it in such a way that you can make people do any fucking thing you want. I don't give a shit who the president is. I have no opinion on Trump or Hillary. and no opinion on Bernie Sanders or anybody else because it doesn't matter to me. Our system, people, is a automobile with a broken, frozen steering wheel. It doesn't matter who's sitting in that goddamn chair. It's going where it's going to go. And then secondly, if any of you listeners out there think that John McAfee has a rat's chance in hell of being president, then please God, move out uh, of your mother's basement because there's <laughs> a real world out here. So, so, John, what can individuals do to protect their privacy more? I agree that all of our devices are compromised. Is there potential for secure devices? Do we need to go back to flip phones? Like, what's our option? Our option is to declaw the CIA. Listen, you don't have any privacy. And I wish that I could, uh, I could give you hope uh, about leading a life of privacy. But if you want to do that... You have to live like me, Janice, and I don't have any fucking phones. We can't ever have another phone. Owning a phone would instantly tell the authorities where we are, and we'd be picked up. Um, we, now, this, they're listening to this. They're listening to all kinds of things, and I'm sorry, you poor bastards, your, your phone's going to be tapped now for months on end, and you might oh, even right. be followed. Why? <laughs> uh, you actually talk to John McAfee on Skype. You've got to be bad people. Uh, there's something wrong with you if you want me on your podcast. This is what the authorities think. So and my apologies, but you should have known that in advance. We did. we did. So, John, can you elaborate how you're trying to expose government corruption via McAfee decks and the congressional tokens? I, I understand the decentralized um, exchange, but I don't understand how the congressional tokens will show that. Okay. All right. Now, we're going live in two weeks. No, no, March. I'm sorry. Thank God. Two weeks. No, no, I'm not going to make it. No, we're going live the, the 1st of March. And um, every American voter, we have your, your, no, this is not a perfect system. We don't have fucking emails for everybody, but enough. And if only 50,000 people sign up for this, it's going to be enough. So every American voter who wants, who can verify their registered voter, can pick a congressman, a senator, and a president. You get a token for each one. <coughs> that token comes in two pieces. Oops. How is this happening? Aha, here we go. Back. The token comes in two pieces. One is called the vote. Uh, you can't sell that. The original owner of that token is the only person who can ever vote that token. But the token now can be taken away from you uh, by the government. Uh, which we will be doing in real time, only much faster than real life. You know, we're going to have income tax day every other day uh, and take 20% of your token, uh, which goes into the government, and we're going to get to watch. We're going to be simulating what actually happens. Now, meanwhile, 
people who own, uh, I don't know, Nancy Pelosi, for example, and people on Bernie Sanders, uh, they're not going to want the price of their token because this is being listed on our exchange one penny. You can sell a millionth of a token, the whole token, or just keep it for yourself, or you can buy somebody else's. Um, so someone gets tired and Nancy Pelosi says, God, you know, I'm so sick of that, that bitch she did not do what she said. Uh, I'm going to trade her. How much is Bernie Sanders worth in Pelosi token? Some people go, well, Jesus, you know, a uh, Bernie Sanders token is worth uh, 10 um, of the other tokens. So it's going to be a real time. If, if we're getting 50,000 people do this, we're going to have a valid number of how the American public thinks. That when Bernie Sanders goes on TV at 9 o'clock, you're going to instantly see his token value rise or fall, depending on what he is saying and what the American public wants to hear. It's a very complex system. And this will prove, I believe, that if we had a true cryptocurrency for American citizens, that was totally private for the citizens, and that's what a token is. For the citizens, you can't see anything. Once the government comes in and takes 20%, you can see where that fucking money goes. So we're going to simulate as best we can what's happening with expenditures in the government. And as we get numbers, we're going to put them out there and see what happens in the marketplace. But that, that's, that's really trivial compared to what the, the distributed exchange does. Because <clears throat> what I have done is created the first truly decentralized distributed exchange that can't ever be shut down. It's smart contracts on the blockchain. We don't ask for your name, we don't ask for your, uh, your uh, email address, your IP address. We take no money, we touch no money. We're a portal through which people can do exchange. And it costs nothing to list, you want to list your coin, Binance, 75 grand, McAfee Dex, nothing, press the button, put in the technical specs and you're listed. It's my gift to you wayward children and you don't deserve it because if someone does not do what I have done, we will be shut down. Centralized exchanges, China, two years ago, I was scheduled to speak in Beijing two weeks before China suddenly shut down every exchange in China. How? They knew the address. <laughs> it's easy to shut down something that you can touch. But distributed exchanges cannot, and you will desperately need these people to survive in crypto in the future. <clears throat> For our listeners that are in, new into cryptocurrency, uh, what are the important aspects? So obviously we all know about Bitcoin, but it's not private. It's not, there's, nope. there's a lot of features of it. it. It brought crypto into the world, but what, can you explain uh, privacy in the uh, blockchain? Yeah, absolutely. And Bitcoin is not private, nor is it in any way functional as anything other than a unit of exchange. And it's an old technology. But from that foundation, an entire industry has blossomed. Among them, privacy coins. Monero, one of the top tens by volume, completely, utterly private. If you're using Monero and you're using a distributed exchange, no one will ever know who you are, what you did, what money came in, and where it went. And since I have been for two years standing on national stages telling people, you don't want to pay taxes, privacy coins, decentralized exchanges, and suddenly, after 10 years of me not paying taxes, and they never bothered me, 
uh, I've already paid over $50 million in taxes, and I promise you people, I have not uh, uh, received $50 million in services uh, from my government, so I'm paying no more. Ten years, there were eight of these ten years, they didn't bother me. Two years ago, when I started <coughs> telling others how not to pay taxes, uh, finally in January, they um, convened a grand jury, charged me and my wife, Janice, with tax fraud. Well, listen, if any lawyers out there, you know that if I have not filed a fucking return, uh, there's no way for me to have committed fraud, <laughs> because fraud is when I lie about my income. I've said nothing whatsoever about it other than I'm not paying taxes on it. That in itself is not illegal, people. It is simply called civil disobedience. In any case, Janice and I decided we did not want to go to jail just yet. We heard about it a week in advance. We escaped to the Bahamas on our yacht three days before the grand jury was convened. We were there for three and a half months, when, and I knew they were coming. We chose the Bahamas because they have no fucking income tax and therefore can't be extradited. Uh, but they, everybody plays dirty. What happens is the CIA went to a gentleman named Paul Roll, the commissioner of police for the Bahamas, with a plan to just have me arrested on any trivial fucking charge. And once I'm in jail, I am an undesirable and maybe deported legally wherever. Got wind of that. We left six hours before it happened, but not before I called the uh, every newspaper in the Bahamas and I gave Paul Roll's private bank account number, all of his deposits for two years and all of his receipts, amounting of all of his withdrawals, amounting to $11,000 per week uh, on a salary of $18,000 a year. So. We headed for Cuba. When we got to Cuba, headlines in the NASA the newspapers were Commissioner Roll sues John McAfee for defamation of character. Well, doesn't matter. I'm not there anymore. We were in Cuba for a month and a half. We were taken in by the Army, Janice and I, um, and told that by a general, through a translator, that the United States had requested unofficially, because there's no official channel, my return to America. And that general, I could have gotten down and kissed his fucking feet. He said, um, however, Mr. McAfee, we are disinclined to do so. Uh, but you are now an embarrassment. And we are asking that you leave our country within 72 hours and never return. I'm going, there is a God. So thank God for people with balls. And Cuba's got balls. So we sailed for the Dominican Republic four and a half days at sea, and were fucking arrested before we could even set foot on the dock. We were surrounded by internal SWAT teams, stormed the boat, arrested us, immigration head came in and said, Mr. McAfee, um, we're returning you to America. And I go, hmm, uh, well, we'll see. Uh, I managed to get word to a couple of lawyers that came in with papers delaying the procedure until they could file with the Supreme Court, which they did. And the Supreme Court said, uh, you may do nothing with Mr. McAfee until he has his day in court. Well, fuck me. They didn't want that because they illegally boarded my boat. They had it all filmed, the idiots, uh, with 15 different cameras. God knows why. <clears throat> I kept saying, you're on my boat illegally. I'm not in your country. I demand to speak to Customs and Immigration because until I go through them, I ain't in the Dominican fucking Republic. Get off my boat. Well, that was bluster, you understand, because they've got automatic weapons and we're outnumbered 10 to 1. In any case, four days later, 
uh, the, after the lawyers got the writ, they released Janice and I and my, my staff from jail. Said, where do you want to go? I said, England. They paid for first class airport airfare for both Janice and I. They sent my staff back to the Bahamas, um, and we were then deported to England, which is what I'd asked for. On the way, I said, maybe we just cannot fucking run forever. Although we've been doing it off and on for nine years, I said we're going to have to go underground, and we have been for seven months. And God damn, it's nice. I mean, we get to get up in the morning and go have breakfast uh, uh, in the clear. Um, we get to talk to people like you. Now we can't have cell phones. We have to travel in an armored uh, limousine and things of this nature. However, it beats running. Running meaning. I'm here in the Bahamas, America, because I was thumbing up my, my, you know, on the beach in the Bahamas making videos. I'm in the sun going, I'm here, America, fuck you. And then I was in Cuba, but didn't quite get to do that in the Dominican Republic. But anyway, it's a boring story. Uh, I forgot what the thread and the question was. You're talking about cryptocurrency, and it's fine. I have one last question in that topic, and it's really about monetary policy. I don't have a lot of understanding of it, but I've been a business owner for 12 years, and I... I understand that the Fed tries to maintain inflation rates and keep the supply of cash available. How do you foresee cryptocurrency and, and the volatility that we've seen over the past decade with cryptocurrency? Like, how is that going to be a better solution for, for monetary policy? Well, number one, they won't need a monetary policy. And if you're worried about things like <coughs> volatility, God, we've got tons of stable coins. DAI okay. never has varied more than one penny up or down from the U.S. dollar. You want stability? Get into DAI. And, I mean, and there's tons of, pardon? Decentralized networks will help the stability as well, right? Because they can be less influenced? Well, no, the <coughs> smart contracts okay. guarantee that the cryptocurrency, the stable currencies can never vary. Okay. It's, it's, it's mathematical logic. Cannot happen. Got nothing. Listen, it's a demand for DAI it goes through the roof. It's not going to rise more than one penny. And if it's being sold out the kazoo, it will not drop more than a penny. Never has. I know it sounds like magic. And it is. And this is why, people, you fucking need it. It makes currency owned, controlled by governments, the Fed, private organizations, obsolete. It makes monetary policy a ridiculous fucking concept. You only need a monetary policy when you own the fucking currency. Yes. Nobody owns cryptocurrency. You just own the piece that you've got. Nobody controls it. Nobody sets prices other than the market. You don't like volatility. I hate volatility. I'm always in DAI or SAI or one of the other stable coins. <coughs> I don't risk nothing. <coughs> if I want to send a wire to someone, I don't have to get out of bed, drive to the bank, fill out forms, get a fucking approval, and then someone says, oh, you're trying to send money to Iran. Uh, you can't do that this year, maybe in the next administration. But... With cryptocurrency, I don't get out of bed. I grab my phone. Someone says, hey, you owe me $100. Fuck, I forgot. Okay. Da, 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 da. Ten seconds later, I put the phone down. They have, especially with DAI, instantaneous transfers. Okay. Tell me, which would you prefer? A stable coin that I own. That, and yeah. that you own, and you only own your piece. There is yeah. no one controlling that currency. And if no one's controlling it, there is no such thing as monetary policy, people. We're in a new world yeah. where we, the people, will have the power of our own financial world. 
private, separate from everybody else's, and yet connected to it in a way vastly superior than the current system. I think it's hard for me is I'm I'm very new into just reading anything about cryptocurrency at all. I it's such a different language in a way of looking at money. Like it's such a it's a hard concept for me to grasp because I'm learning about, you know, blockchain and there's forks and all this other stuff. It's so new and so foreign. It's hard to know what you don't have to to learn about. You don't have to learn about the blockchain and you don't have to definitely do not have to learn about forks. Only people are trying to make money by buying and trading. And that is so ridiculous. People, you've got a key here, a golden key to unlock your cage of financial slavery. What are you doing with it? You're scratching your asses, making money or just buy Bitcoin. And well, good God almighty, if I could reach through this thing and spank every fucking one of you young kids out there that are lost in this dream of I'm going to get rich. Does it fucking matter if you're in a goddamn cage? How much money you have? No, people wake up, wake up. Better to be poor and free than rich and a slave. And you think there are no rich slaves? I was one. I can promise you with hundreds of millions of dollars, I was more of a slave than when I was broken on the streets in New York at 22, looking for my next pussy. Okay. Let's go back to privacy for a second. Do you think that the typical consumer VPN offers any uh, privacy for where you're accessing the internet from? Which 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 VPN? Uh, any of the typical consumer ones, the ones that we can. Oh da- fuck no! Good God! Do you realize how <coughs> infiltrated? Though? I mean, first of all, people, there is a finite number of nodes. Yes. I mean, a five or six, like Nord, five or six in America, whatever. How long does it take the CIA to find out what nodes you're coming to? Please, God, then instantly, no, I'm using a VPN. No, no, I have VPNs, but not the kind you download off of Google. I mean, they're the kinds that have optical links halfway between and go through five different countries with hard wires. They're not cheap and it's not available to the average person. And I regret uh, that it's not but if you're an average person, you have no privacy, get used to it, and you can't get it until we declaw the covert agencies that demand that you have no privacy. And why do they demand it? Well, we have criminals to catch, and you may be one. And if we can't see what you're doing, there's no guarantee that you're not doing something uh, bad. See the horror of where we are, people. That's all. We're in a police state. Yeah. I am proof I am in hiding because I'm telling you things like this. And every time I do, they get angrier and angrier, but it's the truth. You're living in a police state, you have no freedom, and your election process, our election process. I am an American, and I love that country. I was raised in America. I've traveled overland in four-wheel drives, coast to coast, hiked down the Grand Canyon. Camped out for months on the Navajo Reservation of Northeast Arizona. I love America, but I can't ever go back now. Because in order to help save America, I have to be a permanent fucking exile in hiding. And I'm doing it because I love America and I have children and grandchildren. And you will if you don't, people. For them, you owe something Wake up. 
the election process is a charade designed to keep you fucking entertained. Like, well, let's uh, impeach somebody this week. It's not going to matter. And do you understand this whole numbers? When the impeachment process started, we knew exactly the House would impeach and exactly to the vote. We know that the Senate will not let it go. Why are we doing it? It keeps us entertained so that we do not see the truth of the prison that we're in. What is your average life out there, people? You, you, it's declining. It's It's declining for the first time in the last hundred years. Our ages, our average lifespan is declining. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. I'm more worried about the quality of whatever life we do have. I mean, what what does the average person do? You wake up at six or seven, you get dressed, rush down, you get breakfast, you hop in your car, you commute. God knows if you're in LA as much as an hour each way to a windowless, airless office where you do work that you do not love. And some of you fucking hate it. I mean, if you're waking up on Monday morning and going, oh, God, it's Monday, then why the fuck are you doing it? Except for us. We, we love Every, what oh, we do. I love my job, sir. I <laughs> yeah. am A-OK yes. here. I'm, I'm not talking to you guys, obviously. Yes. Yes. You're fucking entrepreneurs, <laughs> and you're doing your thing. I'm talking to the average American who might be listening to you. They're not all running podcasts, standing up on good, strong, young fucking legs. No. <laughs> in a fucking office doing work that they hate. And they only have to do it for 40 fucking years. And they let you out of jail for four weeks, maybe a month, every year. But you got to come back, lock yourself back in, and get back to the grind of meaningless work. So, John, back to uh, declawing the CIA and its, its control on us. Is shifting to cryptocurrency step one? Like, what, what's after that? Yes, yes, yes. Praise God. Shift. <laughs> do you realize <clears throat> most of my close friends... I haven't seen a dollar bill or a euro in years. I don't use it. Everything I get paid is in crypto. Everything I buy from shoes to clothes to houses to bulletproof vests, I buy with crypto. There's nothing you can't buy with it. If you look, you go, oh, well, I want this, and no one is <clears throat> and no one is um, um, selling it for crypto. Well, fuck that. Get a different brand. But please, every time you use a dollar, you are supporting the system which is your slave master free yourself with crypto stop using it always because i'm going to use it anyway eventually yeah uh what are your thoughts on the nsa how much of our do they have every piece of our digital data stored oh god <coughs> do we want to know do we want to know john <laughs> yeah i'm sure you do well okay now i've, I've worked for a long time on a black program while at Lockheed Corporation in California. Your black program, <coughs> excuse me, for those who do not know, our programs that just don't exist in a formal way. There's no record, there's no money flowing to it, nobody knows who works on it, nobody even fucking knows where it is. <coughs> I was at Lockheed for less than two months, and I've always been a stellar technician in terms of programming, computer architecture, hardware architecture, I know my shit. So pretty soon they approached me and said, you're the sort of person we want. Uh, we have a black program. And we all knew, we, were locked, we all hear about them. Um, in fact, there's a club called the Black Group. 
speak a lot. I hope I'm giving anything secret. No, no, it's a, but for people with top secret clearances who have worked on black programs. Why? Because you will not fucking believe the shit that's actually happening and existing now. Now, the program I worked on, a military program, I can't tell you what even branch it was, but it was in the field and fucking working. And when I first saw it, I go, no fucking way, yes way, 23 years later, the government announced, we have just out the door created this new thing. Fuck me, no, it was out 23 years ago. I saw it. Um, so you don't have a fucking clue, and neither do I. I have been on a black program, and I have no access to them. Um, but I promise you, wherever you are, if you are carrying a smartphone, and they want to listen to you or watch you or to anyone within 10 or 15 feet of you, they will do so, and instantly... Instantly. Now, this is the reality of your lives, folks. This is where you're living. And you ask me, how do we get private? Well, uh, throw your phones away at yeah, step one, but no one's ever going to do that. Yeah. But, but here's the truth of, of the world. Who is it that supports this monstrous power structure, this pyramidal thing, where those at the top consume massive billion-dollar boats and mansions and uh, flagons of champagne costing $20,000 a bottle, etc., etc. Who creates that for them? We fucking do, people. We, the people, are the producers, the creators, the entrepreneurs, the businessmen, the, the people working in these mindless goddamn jobs, creating shit for who? The people at the top. Now, you think the CIA's got all power. I don't know if you ever read Atlas Shrugged yes. by Ayn Rand. Yeah. People, all we got to do is wake up and shrug all great social, political, cultural changes happen spontaneously from the power of the people because we have all the fucking power. Don't think just because they got the guns and the buttons for the drones that, that no, we have it. We just gotta wake up and say no. Do you understand it's so simple? I'm 74, life gets very simple as you get older. But that's, it is as simple as that. So let me ask you a question. Um, you said before you, you love this country, you grew up here and if, if the way it is now is so opposite of where you would want it to be, what what would be the biggest difference that you that would change if you tomorrow could say, "Hey, this is how I wanted to get back to"? Like, what would it look like to the daily person? In, in I, don't daily way? I don't know. I don't know. I just know that whatever it does look like will be a relief for everyone. Will be a a sigh of thank God. Even if we have less money, less stuff, people, nobody starves in this world anymore, not in America. You will not die from a change in, uh, in the structure of your life, no. But I can't tell you what it's going to be like. All I know is this. We're like in a, in a movie theater where the, the, the movie is so engrossing, like our political process. That's a movie. There's nothing real happening there not in terms of power. Um, and we're watching this movie, and someone turns around and sees a fire. Now, do you sit down and go, quick, pencil and paper, i got to make a plan. 
No, fuck no, you just do a fire. And as soon as everybody sees it, do you need a plan? Do you need, do you need a, a president? Do you need someone directing? Okay, now you people, row three. No, fuck no, we run to the exits. They're designed to let us all out safely. This is all you have to fucking do, people. Wake up. When you see the truth, speak it. Carry a fucking sign in the street. I don't care what's on the sign. Make it a blank goddamn sign because doesn't that say the most? Because that's the true voice we have within our government. A blank fucking sign. I don't care. But only I, I hate my mother. Or I love my mother. I don't give a shit. Do something. Get off your asses. Get into the streets. Good God, doesn't Hong Kong make you feel ashamed, America? Good. Watch those kids going into tear gas clouds wearing raincoats and fucking gas masks. Arm in arm, unhesitant, brave. More balls than a bowling alley, and what are we fucking doing? And last week in Catalonia, millions of people took to the streets to demand freedom. What are you doing? You're watching it on television. Oh, fuck you, kids. As I said, I am an elder statesman, whether you like me or respect me, I could give a flying fuck. I've lived longer than you, I've experienced more than you and seen more, and you have gone astray. The world will give you nothing, ever, nothing. You have to take, but only what you need. You have that right. You need food, take food. You need pleasure, I'm sorry. Get a job and buy a bank or prostitute. I don't know, but do something, people. You shame me, you shame the human race, and you're shaming yourselves. Get off the fucking cell phone. Take your nose out of the cell phone, which is, oh, by the way, <clears throat> the cell phone, the most clever spy device ever, because up until now, when the government wanted to spy on people and had the technology, the government had to buy the goddamn spy devices and install them. How clever was it? Listen, we don't want to be paying. Why don't we make the people pay for these spy devices themselves? They're relatively stupid sheep, aren't they? So I've, you can figure it out, and that's what you're doing. Paying $1,000 for a device that does nothing but spy on you and give you some entertainment value and an ability to communicate. So and that's that, it. That's the biggest problem I see in this in this step of taking control back is that to go to crypto, we need the phones. And so what's our option for... Whoa! Whoa! <clears throat> to go to crypto, we need the phones. So maybe not me personally, but I'm thinking about the billions of people around the world. They all have a phone. They don't have access to a bank. Like cryptocurrency is the best choice for them. But even for us, like... Yeah. I mean... Well, listen, a crypto wallet costs one-tenth what a fucking phone costs. Mm. Uh, so if you want to actually help, say, throw those phones away, or take them back and sell them, and here, buy a crypto wallet, all you fucking need. Okay, and it's going to be safe and secure. Okay. It's your phones that aren't. Yeah. Nobody puts wallets on phones anymore because they empty themselves <laughs> with great regularity. No people get a, get a hard wallet. You don't need a phone to use crypto. This okay. is the other illusion that the government wants us to believe. And no concerns with anyone. Anyway, I have, time. I have time for one more question. All right. Which one do you guys think is the most important? Mm. Uh, uh, I think that's irrelevant. 
Um, John, you've traveled around the world a lot, U.S. and Mexico. Have you ever seen the Mayan ruins? Yeah, well, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I think that might have been the reason, I'm not sure, because I was stoned all the time back then. I went to Mexico for the first time, spent a year traveling throughout all of Mexico in a van. 1969 Chevy converted into a hippie van. Um, Yeah, okay, Mayan ruins. My favorite is Chichen Itza. Uh, Palenque in the, in the uh, Yucatan. But I lived in Belize for five years. There's more ruins that have been unexplored in Belize than in all of the rest of Central America combined. I used to go out and I lived in the jungle, remember, uh, on the New River, <coughs> dotted on either side with ruins unexplored. It was kind of like Indiana Jones. We would go out with my caretakers and staff, wander around to the fine shit. So, so John, the question, the question is, what do you think happened to the Mayans? What do you think happened to the Mayans? It's, okay. First of all, I would recommend to everybody interested in the Mayans to read the only documented account of the first contact. And that was written by um, a, a guy named Bernal Diaz de Castillo. And it's called The Diary of Bernal Diaz de Castillo, written while he was with Cortez in the conquest of Mexico. Now, I don't think the question is why, what happened to the Mayans. I think they were clearly wiped out by the Aztecs. Um, the question is this. How in flying fuck did 312 unshaved, unwashed uh, um, Spaniard slash Portuguese people conquer one of the greatest military civilizations on the planet at that time? I mean, in, in, in Bernal Diaz's book, he writes about the first time Moctezuma sent a representative. They were still in the Yucatan, and the Mayans were still, nothing happened to the Mayans, good God, they were still there when uh, the uh, when Cortez arrived. It's just they can no longer read the books or any of the glyphs, and they had seemed to have deteriorated into a, well, tribal society. It happens all the time. But the fucking Aztecs. So Castillo writes, they saw over a hill miles away what looked like a five-mile-long train of green feathers coming over the hill. And there were hundreds of thousands of feathered soldiers armed. And there was a gold fucking palanquin carried by 12 people. And when it came close to the group, it stopped, and people laid down. And this man stepped off onto the backs of the people, not allowed for his foot to touch the ground. And they thought, this is Moctezuma. No, 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 no. Moctezuma sent one of his lowly fucking messengers to deliver a message to Cortez that he is welcome to come into Mexico City. Now, I tell you something. We think that we are a civilized nation. Court, the, the Bernal Diaz kept saying, they, they like us so much, they keep on wafting incense all over us. Keep in mind, at this point, Spanish and all of Europe thought bathing was unhealthy. Have never bathed in their life. And the Aztec bathed three times a day and perfumed their bodies. No, they couldn't stand the stink of the Spaniards. Now, read that and then you'll know. 
what happened to the mines. The Aztecs wiped those fucked out. Right. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate John, your thank time. Thank you so much, brother. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks okay. for your time. Thank Be you. Be safe. All right. Bye-bye.